0: The Edinburgh Football Podcast is brought to you in association with Nicholson Joinery Limited.
1: Yes, welcome to the Edinburgh Football Podcast, the first one in December. I Can't quite believe that it's uh, December already. Some year, quick year. Uh, just myself and, and Calm tonight, like like old times. How are you, big man?
0: Hi, good, mate. Good. It's uh, you know we'll have some sense on the podcast this week at least. Uh, By us ducking out, but um, no, it's good. It's good to have the old guard back together. How are you getting on, mate?
1: Yeah, very well, mate. Very well. It's just it's Tough this time of year, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm sure a listeners probably sick of this, but you wake up and it's dark, in and you're driving oh. home and getting home and it's dark. It's, it's tough. It's tough. But it's what we said, Cal, wasn't it? We said this is the time of year that sorts the, the men out from the boys, so to speak, when it comes to, to the football. The pitches get tough. Going to training becomes, do you know I mean? We're talking here for four of our six teams, of course, a part-time team, but this is, this is the tough time. So you just got to kind of grind it out, so to speak. And it's like in the podcast game as well. Just got to grind it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we've got a start, Carl, we've, we've got to give a shout out here. One of my one of my colleagues uh, said oh, in the back, back so of a ta- back sorry. of a taxi, uh, back of a taxi, the other night there, and said that uh, I've just heard you in a taxi, <laughs> sort of thing. Taxi driver. So shout out to the mystery taxi driver that was uh, that was uh, driving our our Edinburgh public around. While well, the Ember football podcast is on, great advertisement for us that. Yeah,
0: that's
1: that's <laughs> uh, okay, <that's> then. fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. At, at least we know now that it's not just that you know the people actually listen to it that we don't know. <laughs> you know, or we think we don't know anyway. <laughs> okay, the agenda tonight. We're going to start with Hearts, onto Hibs, then on to Embraer City, and we'll finish with our lone league sides. And our prediction. We think Calm spent all his Sundays, so hopefully we'll have a nice little update there. He's giving me, me the did. thumbs up, so it's good to know that he's probably still top. Um, <laughs> oh, shaking his head. Oh, we're in for a surprise. Right, let's start with hearts then, and this is going to be a quick. Calm, uh, Craig Gordon. Right, on to Hibbs then. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, no, I mean, tongue and cheek. I mean, what? I, I know I probably didn't make my point great last week. I knew I took a little bit of chip from within within the uh, uh, WhatsApp groups, but. Uh, uh, I still, I'm still standing by my point I mean do you always want your, your goalkeeper to be man the match every week I'm not really sure that's a long term is that a good thing I'm not sure but let's move on from that I mean the save that he tips onto the bar I mean the, the angle that's gone on, on, on Twitter there from, from sort of behind the Livingston player um, but the thing is though you don't expect any less and that's the incredible thing you know you, if that goes in you're kind of thinking, oh, Craig God, I'm be disappointed with that. But it's an unbelievable save at the same time, do you know what I mean? It's
0: it's one of those that he's due a howler, and I hope that he keeps them until the, the 3rd of January. But um, you, you just run out of superlatives, really, with Craig Gordon. It's, it, I think that's the point that you've made that is so spot on, that an unbelievable save for another goalie is just standard to Craig Gordon. That's, that's his level. Now and yeah, I mean, I think because obviously it was a bit of a stromash, the whole Livingston chance and everything. And I think that first save, other keepers make that it's like, oh, that's that's really well done. But the first save, I'm looking at it going, I'd be disappointed if he didn't save it. You know, mm-hmm. to get up and get uh, able to uh, tip Jason Holt's shot onto the post—that was just phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I wonder. I wonder, um, and that's probably not really a wonder, but I'm just thinking there about Craig Gordon, the age that he is and, and how he says that he's, he needs to train every day to keep him, uh, to keep him sharp and keep him kind of, like, what you, the word he used was, was essentially kind of mobile, because if he doesn't, he'll probably stiffen up and start to feel his age. But I really wonder that the reason why we're seeing Craig Gordon at this age is because of the injury difficulties that he's had during his career. You know, that whole kind of sundown issue with his wrist. his wrist was it? I'm sure it was, it was his wrist or his arm, hand or, or something. Yeah. You know, he missed such a large part of, of football down there. Um, and I just wonder now he's actually, now he's come over those injuries, that he's actually you now starting to kind of reap the benefits of it, that he's now, you know, he's not had three, four years down south, kind of week in, week out, where it takes a toll. Because um, I don't know about you, Calm but. I'm looking at, I mean, Al McGregor was outstanding last season. I know Al McGregor is slightly older than than Craig Gordon. Um, not by much, though, I don't think. But I don't know what you think, Callum, but I'm not seeing Al McGregor at the same level this year at all. I, 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 I'm watching. I just, I feel that there's just, he just doesn't seem as sharp this season. I mean, he was outstanding last year, so I know, but, there's something about this year. I know I don't want to speak about Al McGregor with Craig Gordon, but no. I just wonder if those injuries have actually been a, a good thing now. And Hearts are actually kind of reaping the benefits of that. That he's that he's uh, you know he's now he's got years in the bank, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I think I think the thing, the difference between uh, McGregor and Gordon and. Um, in terms of who's a better keeper. And I know that's not really what you've asked, but I want to talk about it because I'm more a big fan of McGregor. Um, if you went on YouTube and typed in Craig Gordon blunders, you'd be there for a while trying to find something. If you typed in Alan McGregor blunders, right, hundreds of goals would come up in a second because he's been, <laughs> he's had some absolute shockers. Mind the one, what is was that? I think um, against Celtic at and Parkhead, and uh, Commons just hits a shot and he dives in the way of it and it's like what you think I think, I think,
1: I think Nakamura, although there's, there's a Nakamura goal from range as well that I, that I remember but although that did have a lot of movement on the ball but people did blame him for that but um, no I mean we, we've spent episodes here speaking about John Suter we're spending episodes here speaking about Craig Gordon the, the fact of the matter is I think maybe the point maybe I was trying to make again maybe last year the last week was where do you honestly think Hart should be in the league right now if it wasn't for Craig Gordon and goals uh,
0: Look, it's it's another hypothetical. Of course, look, if, if Hearts didn't have taken Gordon, then they would have signed someone else. You know, nice. we don't know, we don't know who Hearts goalie would have been because I doubt they would have gone with Ross Stewart and Harry Stone as backup. So Hearts would have had another goalie, and you never know. This guy could have been better than Gordon, just as good he as could have Gordon. Push or, the ball out and try to get a Kazander
1: Clark or something. Yeah, could have pushed yeah, the ball
0: I, out there. Yeah, there could have been uh sort so it's it's. I can understand where you're coming from, and yes, it does highlight how good Craig Gordon has been for Hearts. But the yeah. fact of that is, they do have them, so we don't yeah. need.
1: No, outstanding. You know, outstanding. Um, we've kind of jumped the, the the Celtic game there, but I'm conscious that it's almost by the time people listen to this. The, the game's done; it's a week old. Do you
0: know what and, I mean? It's, 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 Sorry, I feel like you you are absolutely spot on, but. I think because Ross would definitely like to discuss it if he was here, which he's already intimated in the group chat, I think it is something that needs to be... OK, used.
1: so, uh, yeah, I watched the game. Uh, I thought Hearts went there and set up how they've probably set up for the however, for the last, however long it was since our last win there. You know, all these times they go through and for me, they they they, they played at the Celtics' hands. They gave Celtic all the possession. Um, uh, second half got better. Uh, they had a few chances. I think that you know that the Kingsley uh, header from the set piece and, and Barry McKay has a chance as well. But if I'm honest, I didn't think Hearts did enough for me to, to warrant anything from the game. And I know they'll say that it was an offside goal and Celtic. Didn't, you know, if it wasn't for an, an offside goal, the better come Celtic it would have finished 0-0. I accept that, but for me, the team that created the most chances, the better chances, and had the better of the play, won the game. And I, however, I appreciate that the nature of the goal is always going to be disappointing. I mean, is it? I mean, honestly, Cam, is it a howler of an offside decision for you? I mean, is it?
0: I, I mean, when I was watching the game, I thought, "Oh, that's tight. He, he might be off." And then, you know, you see it slow down. Yes, he is offside. I think. Just going slightly off topic, what really annoyed me was seeing like Sky have got it set up. You've got Chris Boyd, you've got um oh who's the Celtic um Petrov, right? was it Petrov? Uh, might have been Petrov, and then you had Christoph Berra for Hearts. Mm. And Christoph Berra is just you know feeding the, the Celtic party line by oh it's not offside. It's I mean this is an next Hearts captain, a hearts fan. Like mm. I'm not saying that you should be like punching Chris Boyd in the face or something like that or like, you know, but he should, he should be sitting there going, "He, it was definitely offside, it's a disgrace of a decision, etc, but it's just yeah. still still bitter over the fact that Stendhal saw him for the fraud that he is.
1: It's, I mean, it, it is offside, you know, it, it is offside, but it's not it's not an absolute stinker, do you know what I mean? But although, at the end of the day, the linesman's got one job to check the offside line there, and he's
0: got a wrong, so I take that as well. And I, think, I think that the thing that is disappointing is, yes, um, you know, uh, Nielsen came out after the game and said that the official's costing the game. Post-Coglu said, well, you know, the game should have been done well before that. And the thing is, they are technically both right, you know? Um, yeah, because, yeah. Uh, because Celtic didn't add to the lead, didn't take the chances that they had, it was only 1-0 so it is just that offside goal and the thing is yeah Harts can look at the Kingsley chance Barry Mackay Mc... and maybe if Boyce had started then we would have seen Hearts be as brave as they were in the second half you don't know uh, so it's, it's a bit of a uh, as Nielsen sort of cost himself by sitting in too deep
1: a, It was a missed opportunity for me because like you say Carmen and Boyce uh... Although you, maybe the game's kind of it's a different setup at that point because the game's were a bit more open. But when boys came on, Hearts were a different team, and you yep. just again you sit there and you wonder at that hypothetical thing, you know, what if boys just started because Hearts were much better when they did. The, the, other, the other sort of um, controversial one was the what was the Jota pulling up with a, with a hamstring, and then having getting the ball and then, and then passing it to, through to. Uh, I want to say, Was it Mackay Stephen, I think, or Mackay? One of the two. I Can't quite remember. Where do you stand for that one, Calvin? I'll give my my own. Um, right. Thoughts
0: well, that. I listened to Off the Ball on Saturday, and mm. they had Crawford Allen on, and uh, not Off the Ball. Uh, Sports is, Sound, is, yeah, what, yeah. Um, the one with that absolute funny—that's um, the Aberdeen fan, Richard Gordon, That's it. Uh, and uh, they had they had the referee on, and basically. Because it was Bobby Mann, he was like, you know, Bobby, if Bobby looks at that and thinks that it's a serious injury, he can stop the game. And that's why Bobby Mann did it. Bobby Mann stopped the game because he thought that Jota was seriously injured, not because the ball went to a hearts player and because he's pulled up and Bobby Mann's not even seen her. So the boy that was on Sports Sound basically said that Bobby Mann made a mistake if he didn't, unless he thinks that. It's a serious injury to Jota. That is why he stopped the game. So if you look at it like that, then hearts were robbed. Yes. Now, obviously, hearts didn't go on and score, so we don't know. It's another hypothetical. But for me, it is a disgrace of a decision. And we can all sit here and say, oh, yeah, but it's in the rules. If that happens to your team, you are seething. I think, I think that's probably what comes... It's
1: one of them, isn't it, is when it happens to your team... You're, you're going to be absolutely raging, but if your player had the ball, so if, if a, you know, and I think if you say it's to a hearts fan, if a hearts player had it in possession in the midfield, then pulls their hamstring, which, are, which are essentially is what is what Man thought happened, and he came off with that hamstring injury. So you've got, you know, he's not lying because he wouldn't have come off otherwise. You know, you know what I mean? So if a hearts player had the ball and pulls their hamstring and then the ball goes to the opposition team, you know what I'm trying I mean The only reason why Hart's received Got the ball there Was because Jota stopped Was because Jota stopped Running ah, but, And the ball went to Haring But at the same but, time It's a hamstring It's not what We would What you would Would you class A, a pulled hamstring As a serious injury That's probably up for
0: debate I mean The only, only, the only thing that I would say to that is you know, that, you know If if you're saying Because oh, He's pulled his hamstring That's why he's pulled up you could see people uh, taking a bad touch and then being like, oh, my has gone, just so that they can <laughs> go back. You know, it, just, it leads it open to a like that where, where it goes. Uh, I think I think it was the wrong decision. I think if Bobby Madden could have it back, well, he'd probably do the same because they're absolutely useless.
1: Um, do you not think, again, I mean, this is a different argument again, Cam. Do you not think, again, this is where, and it, it probably won't happen, and I don't know why, because you can't even get a referee to talk to you in the park, but, you know, I watched it, and again, Sports Sound, you listened to it as well, Camel, as well as I did. How nice was it for Stephen McLean to come onto the radio and explain why he called the game off at St. Johnson and Dundee United? You know, he comes on, he spoke really well, and you're like, you know what? He gave the game every opportunity, and there's just no way the game could go ahead. You know, wouldn't it just be nice? And it's not going to happen, but if referees could come out like managers have to face face the heat and like players have to face the heat, and they could just explain things. And Steve Boyman came out and said, for me... He was running, he's, the, the player screams, holding his hamstring. When I hear that at that moment, I deem that the player was, a, was a, had a yeah. serious injury. And you probably go, oh, you can you can accept think, it more. You can accept like, it more.
0: You'd still be raging. You'd still be yeah. raging. But Yeah, no, I, and you would, you would maybe. But again, look, they were talking about VAR on Sports Sound. And first of all, I think full-time refs are needed because yeah. otherwise we are Already awful referees <laughs> have somehow work a computer system, you know, that they're going to look at and be like, eh? you know. So, unless, unless we get full time refs and then VAR comes in to help them, because right now they're saying that we can't get VAR in in time for the start of next season because all the referees can't get time off at the same time, yeah. So, apparently there's something after that so they were saying or oh, we could bring it in halfway through next season and I'm going you cannot bring a new technology a new rule in halfway through a season because imagine the God. week before the week before you're um, a guy sent off that's not a sender off and then the week after same challenge and you and you don't give the advantage so it's just yeah yeah, yeah. but I think yeah. even if, I, if you even if you
1: speak to this I think actually probably bad, I think, I thought, or will he call him? It was one of the two I listened, and they said they went full time for a year, and he said the difference was just was was incredible. And, and again, you know, we, we speak about things, but and I know it sounds daft, but you know, we speak about how how why midweek games at part time level is a leveler because of travelling and all this thing. You know, well the rest are are, are part time, so when they're going to midweek games, they've been working all day at work. Then they're having to battle traffic to try and get to a game on time. That's going to have effects as well, so you know. I agree with you, Calm, full time but let's get back to hearts then. Um, Hello. yeah, let, we've kind of got off a tangent there, but a fair tangent, nice, nice uh, conversation. Um, which, I mean, Lovingston game again, briefly, I, again, it sounded like a terrible first half. Um, few changes made within the game. Harring came on and and uh, for, for Woodburn, which maybe freed up some offensive players by kind of putting a bit more, kind of a by putting a bit more of a defensive Field. player in, there, and then it allows hearts to kind of. So, they're attacking players to kind of go forward a little bit more and, and they grind out a, a one will win and I think that's, that's the name of it, isn't it? It's just it's grinding out when you don't play well and putting three points on the road, something that Hearts, let's be honest, invariably on the road kind of failed to do the last, the last week well, well, off, in the Premiership.
0: The last, last three away games, hearts have, hearts have been on the receiving end uh, defeat, so nice to bounce back, get a win. It's, it, is a, it is a tough place to go, but it's not as tough as it has been in recent years, and I know I say that when I probably shouldn't, given that Hibs are there tomorrow night, but it ha- like, there has been almost a softer t- softer touch sorry, um, around Livingston this year. So, look, it's a very good result. It gets Hearts back to win ways, eh, coupled with the result of Celtic being done to United, stretches the gap that they've got in third place, and, you know, if you asked any Hearts fan if they'd be happy with this total uh, at this stage of the season... They'd be absolutely delighted, so yes, the um, yeah, the hype train doesn't stop, yeah,
1: absolutely. And uh, well, Rangers this weekend, Calma, I suppose we're probably conscious of time already, uh, given our, ah. our, our segments here, although we've, we've maybe found a wee thing that might extend us on, actually. So, uh, we'll keep going then. So, Rangers this weekend, um, first of how all, I would, I would just say, I mean, you've seen obviously you're at the, the you've seen the Rangers live um, yep. a couple weeks ago under under Giovanni. Yeah, I know it was one of his, well, probably his first game to be honest. But um, what do you think of Rangers under under Giovanni? A, a little change of system from them, kind of two more sitting players rather than maybe one holder and, and two more bombing on. So I don't
0: know. Interesting. First of all, I think the best part of this weekend is Hearts. Uh, reducing the away end allocation at Castle for Rangers to just get a thousand, I think that's absolutely phenomenal. And <laughs> I think I think that way it's going it is going to be a sellout at, at 10 Castle. But even even if it wasn't, even if it was literally like five thousand Hearts fans there, and they still only gave Rangers a thousand tickets, that's what I want to see from both Edinburgh clubs, Celtic and Rangers. To get absolutely nothing, and even when it's not selling out, I don't care. I don't care. Give them a thousand tickets because it's they shouldn't be allowed to come through here and get away with anything that they want when and when we go through there, you're treated like cattle, worse than cattle. So uh there's there's another another mini rad. But this weekend, I don't think rangers are I don't know. I wasn't impressed with them at Easter Road. I didn't think that they were that it's good. strange, isn't it? It's strange because they they just do not seem the
1: same animal this year. However, when you look yeah. at their points, they look at their points total compared to last. I think they're like maybe three or four points worse off at this point last year, which is which is strange.
0: Like the thing is, like Gerard's teams against Hibs, uh, his, his first two seasons, you know, Hibs couldn't get near them. Hibs were very poor against Rangers, so uh, I I didn't get that feeling last last Wednesday. I thought I thought Hibs were poor. I honestly thought it was a really poor game and it was going to finish nil nil, but. Obviously, yeah. um, we'll go on and speak about it, But, I mean, I, I didn't think there was much between the two teams. I think that Hearts, I don't know, they have to adopt a different game plan. One, because they're at home. Two, because I don't think Rangers are as comfortable in possession this season. I don't know what it is, but...
1: They're, the def- not- they're,
0: they're, 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 they're defensively a light touch as well, let's be honest. Yes. They can be got at. They are definitely... A, there's a lack of communication at times and I think speed down either side can definitely help I think yeah. one change is uh, especially well against Hibbs Van Bronkhorst had both the fullbacks sitting back instead of going mm-hmm. forward mm-hmm. Um, so it depends I don't, I personally don't think he'll change that I think he will keep them back given that Hearts have Barry McHally Gary McHally Steven that can yeah. penetrate down the flank so it'll be interesting to see but for me need to have a really right good go at them, because come out, I think Tyncastle will be bouncing, come out, yeah. first fast, just rattle them, you know, first mm. half, just go through someone, just get the crowd right up for the start and then see what happens because they're there for the taking. Well, I think uh, <clears throat> you're probably going to go for a, a
1: game plan, it's probably similar to what Hibbs done in the Cup semi-final, you know, mm-hmm. that early f- I mean, Paul Hanlon said, I know he got booked for it, but he set the tone that Hibbs yep. were, were were standing up to Rangers that day. And um, I think Harsh had to do similar. And I think it's uh, yeah, it's well, well, well balanced, well poised. I think one player to watch though, uh, Joe Aribo, he's having a, a tremendous season for, for Rangers, and um he'd be he'd be the one to watch. But apart from that, I don't think I don't think Harsh should have a, a lot to fear, certainly at home as well. So no. and that, that, that's the big thing. So it's uh, yeah, great. Really good game that on Sunday. Okay on to onto, onto Hibsen and Callum and yeah well just as we thought there might be a rea, a ray of uh, sunshine after that win and against St Johnston but we've had a chance to to reflect on that and I was thinking about this before we came on it you know the only reason I know we spoke about this last week but Jack Ross is playing the same eleven it feels unless players are suspended but he's playing the same eleven and hoping what it says to me at the moment is just hoping that somehow that 11 eventually click, and it's it, it, it's not clicking. And if we're honest, we only beat St Johnston because he brings Scott Allen on. And I keep saying it every, every time. And I, I was actually going to speak about this relating to the harsh thing at Livingston, Callum. And I know that Gogic splits opinion, but I just wonder if Hibbs maybe need to put somebody in there that is a little bit more defensively, uh, minded, they can just sit in there, which allows Hibbs to play someone like Scott Allen to free him up. Because at the moment, Scott Allen in that three with Jake Hayes and Newell and, and and Campbell, they're all great. They're all great football players, but you know they're all quite similar in, in their nature. And I just wonder, I don't, Something needs to change right now because for me, Hibbs don't look like creating opportunities when, when Scott Allen's on the park and. I, I don't know. I, I maybe going to be rant there, but I just feel that Jack Ross at moment in time is just playing the same eleven and just hoping that it somehow manages to win a game, and nothing's changed for the last what feels like ten, you know, n- n- yeah, eight, eight, nine games.
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, he's playing the same team there that took three all rangers in the semi final, which like you understand, but since then, I mean, it's it's not worked. Uh, I think that it's just—it's ridiculous. Jack Ross is sitting there at the start of the month, going, "Oh, we've got too many games to do. Like, it's not fair on the players." Yet he's playing the same eleven every week. You know, it's like you can't say it's not fair on the players when you're picking the same ones all the time when you've got options. I think that It's like he's proving a point, but I don't know who he's proving a point to. I, like, <laughs> it's like cutting your nose off to spite your face. I think yeah. you look at last. Wednesday uh, against Rangers, I thought, like I say, I didn't think there was much between the two sides, Thought it was a bit yeah. of a boring game, really. And then it was just dragging on and I was like, look, get, get get a change made here, get a change made, bring Allen on, bring Murphy on, do something, right? And literally, for about 15 minutes, get something, change something, and then all of a sudden the is done. And I was like, watch the bench now. Before, before they'd, be, they'd taken the penalty, so watch the bench, watch the bench. And sure enough, you had Murphy and Allen waiting to come on. And you're going, what is the point now with five minutes when we're 1-0 down? Like, it's just... <sighs> yeah, yeah. It, just, it it does seem um,
1: a, a, a little bit just that, like I say, he's hoping at this 11 that he seems to be playing. And don't get me wrong, I think, you know, Josh Campbell's been, a, to be honest, he's been a revelation the last couple of weeks. Because apart, I mean, I've watched the last few games and it wasn't for him. I think Hibs would be a far worse watch, and, and fair play to the young man. I think he's come in and really taking his, taking his opportunity, and I, I would feel bad him missing it. I don't think he deserves to be the player that that, that comes out because I think he's been playing, I think he's been playing, been playing well, um, certainly you know better than than others. I think they need to they need to step up, and I think you're right, Cam. It's just so, so reactive at this moment in time. You know, I said, like, oh, that's a team scored, mate. Right. I'll make a sub now. You know, and it, it's just whereas I watched. You know, in the game in the weekend you know, the Motherwell game I mean, Hibs got battered the first half <laughs> I mean, when they keep the chances and, and somehow Hibs went in 1-0 up but what does Graham Alexander do? You know, he, he changes things and then right enough Motherwell get an equaliser you know, and it, it, it's uh, do I see Jack Austin I just I just don't I just don't know I just I know, he, uh, fair enough he bet against St. Johnston I've probably been a bit you know, I think I know he made changes against St. Johnston but the 10th said at the weekend Hibs only probably won that game because St would do it 10 And I know I've just probably just taken your point now. Um, no. it's, it's a it's tough
0: just, watch right now. It's a tough watch. Aye. It's just it's just frustrating right now. You know, you're going to games and it's just like, you know, some, there's some amount of revisionism that goes on amongst the Hibs' support for people like Neil Lennon and saying, Oh, crowds were all like this, and you know, the football was fantastic. The football wasn't always fantastic. I remember going up to Dingwall and we scraped a one-all draw in the last minute when we were supposedly playing the best football we'd played in 20 years. I'm sorry, no, we like we were good, but we weren't brilliant. And he absolutely shattered at it, tiny, and I'll never forgive him for that. <laughs> um hear how dramatic that is, but my god, uh so people bask for the days of that sort of football, but you go along now, and it's just oh, there's yeah. No... And then
1: they, also, they, also, they also rave about the stubs time. But oh, I mean, I that remember, was... I, remember being, I remember there being some horrible midweek games in that first division, <laughs> yeah. like there
0: was some <laughs> let's be honest, yeah. get beat off beat at home, you know, yeah. ne- never beaten Falkirk for two years, like mm-hmm. that was insane. Um, yeah. well, I think. People won the Scottish Cup, so all's forgiven. I'd buy Alan Stubbs a pint in a heartbeat, but you know, like, let's be honest, yeah, mm. he, he, he basically flipped out for that Scottish Cup, and I'll be forever grateful. But I just
1: think that does it all come down to to, to a really bad summer transfer window,
0: Cal? Is this, is this I, what it all comes down to? Well, like, look, Hibbs were in a great position in the summer, and you know, Jack Gross is on the radio, like, on Sky, on the radio anywhere that listens, saying, oh, we need this, we need that, you know, we'll, we'll get something sorted before the window. And then, dear yeah, Matthew just winds the clock down. And people were surprised when he got punted. Like, of course he's going to
1: get punted. He's do you just, think this is why, do you think, do you think, though, I mean, because, I mean, you can't escape it when you go on to, I know, I know social media isn't a barometer, but you, you can see it and you can feel it at Easter Road right now, Carl. I know you're there, obviously season ticket holder. But I can just sense it, you know, that there is starting to be that apathy again that, that comes in. And uh, oh, but do you wow. think do you think the hierarchy um, at Hibs? I mean, they, they can't be. You know, everyone knows that Hibs fans are starting to put a bit of pressure now on on the manager. Um, do you think though that he's that they know that he that Jack Ross has been let down? In transfer windows, so that's why getting uh, the time here to sort this because they know that they've
0: that they haven't back or didn't back him enough in the summer. Like, um, perhaps, like I say, I always think that Hibbs transfer um, deals in the summer were linked with Josh Doyle and the you know the talk of five million. So I think that you know there was there was two budgets presented to Jack Ross. You know, and it's like, oh, well, we'll give you this just now, but once the Doig money comes in, we'll give you this. And so obviously that never happened. And Hibs were, even even with the Doig thing, that didn't collapse the last day of the transfer window. It like, collapsed, you know, a good few weeks beforehand. Mm-hmm. There's still mm-hmm. enough time to figure things out. It was, you know, I think that Jack Ross, that he signed a new deal in the summer. I think at this moment in time, he's definitely getting to the cup final. He's definitely getting to the cup final. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the thing is if he wins the cup, he goes down as a better manager than Mowbray, a better manager than, you know, um, basically the majority of people that manage tips because he's won a trophy. And that's such a rare commodity. So I think that uh, it's, it's
1: I an odd I, I personally I think I think I think he gets certainly gets the, the rest of this season. And I think it probably determines of where Hibbs actually finish at the end of the season. If he finishes bottom six, can I see him take? Can I see no. him? Um, you know, um, being at Hibbs next season, I'm not sure. But I still wonder if those above know that they've that, that they haven't backed him or didn't back him uh, or, or players didn't come in too, for him that he wanted. So I wonder if they will give him um, that time they've got. I mean, I suppose I'm a bit. I you know, and I know I'm probably being hypocritical again because I'm watching Hibs just now and I'm just like, this is really bad to watch. And we're actually not getting results either. So it's like a proper double-edged sword. Um, but I still think back to where Jack Ross where was when Hibs when he came in. Sorry, where Hibbs were when Jack Ross came in and, and, and the progress that has been made, uh, that has been made there. But I don't know, it's a it's a funny time, isn't it? It's just that there's a real and you probably felt like more anything at that gate. I mean the I could feel it on the tee because you know, watching the game, sorry, on TV that it was just, there was a real apathy there. wasn't there. There was just like no atmosphere. It was just dead Um,
0: and the performance
1: was just, was a a tough
0: tough watch. That's, that's another thing that, um, this block seven that have uh, taken over the reins from since 1875 as Hibs Ultras and that's in inverted commas for anyone listening. Uh, I just think that they are wee fuds, and I absolutely despise having to sit next to them. It's you should have seen them on Wednesday against uh, Rangers. Some dodgy chance, and then they set off a flare for no reason, and then launched it onto the park. And the reason behind it getting launched onto the park was someone accidentally lit the flare, and just stood there awkwardly holding it, and then someone went. And grabbed off him and threw it onto the park because you know it was stinking or (laughs) something. It's like it
1: kind of reminds me of that scene in Anchorman when he's just the guy's just standing there with like the (laughs) the knife in Anchorman just like sitting in the middle of the battle. (laughs) Yeah, awkwardly standing there. Yeah, again, I I don't know much about this block seven, obviously, I've not been Easter Road. Um, I'll I'll, 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 I'll pass on commenting, but I've seen some of the things online. they don't seem to be very
0: well supported right now, is what I probably say. Embarrassing. It's, it's, they're just wee bairns, eh? It's like 15, 16-year-old laddies. And it's just, it's embarrassing. That display that they put up, where they didn't have enough people to hold the cards up, just looked ridiculous. And then on on Saturday there, they let flares off again, but this thing just in the stand holding them. I was like, what are you doing? This, mm. And then on Twitter saying someone walked into the 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 area and set off the flares. I'm like, you literally watched the guy just stand there with the flares. Like, what is? It's or it's just embarrassing and just aye. Uh, maybe that's just me being a grumpy old man, but i they were just poor, poor.
1: Okay then. Right on to, I mean, no. do, do we want to do want to talk about the games? I mean, we've kind of spoke about the Rangers game if it wasn't for a penalty. It would. I draw. I draw. Was a fair result. You know, I think Rangers got away with one. To be quite honest, although in fairness they did have the best chance of the game that that fell to Morelos in the first half. But yeah. I, I draw. I mean, I draw. I draw. Was a fair result. It all comes down to. And I felt for. I felt for Ryan uh, for Purchase because I thought he was actually probably man the match in the game. I thought he was really. I thought he performed really well. Um, it's apparently isn't it? The, the, I mean, it is when you when you see the angle. I think it's actually from kind of Macy's. It's behind the goals, looking in. There is contact. The
0: referee doesn't get that angle. The referee doesn't get the super slow-mo behind Macy's goal that shows that there is contact. What the referee sees is the angle where there, it looks like there's no contact.
1: Yeah, that's true. And
0: yeah. It, but from the referee's angle, there isn't any contact. So... Unless we had VAR, which look, I'll admit it was it was a penalty. He's caught him. it's soft, but a soft penalty is still a penalty. And but I'm and not gonna the angle t- in the
1: opposite corner. I'm like, oh that's a dice. That's the first replay yeah. I got. I went, Oh, that's a die. And oh, then the other angle,
0: yeah, actually. Yeah. I, I, the way watching it, like I basically I was right behind you, know, Kent. I was like, it was there, uh, the whole thing was right in front of me, and I I I was like, There's no on there. Now, yes, we're mm. seeing several different angles. In super slow mo, yes, I can say that he did, but not a chance. It was apparently the game, and I'm like, this whole agenda we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, but it's it's actually become ridiculous, you know. Yeah. Young, man, like Ryan Porteous got sent off against Rangers early in the season, right? You had, and to be fair, I didn't understand, I didn't realise, sorry, that Scottish football had so many clairvoyant die kicks, mystic megs, all running through it in the pundit section because they seemed to all know that Ryan Pochis had gone on, gone in to do Joe Aribo. They knew exactly what he was thinking, when it's absolute nonsense. Look, he's gone in quick. Yes, it might be a bit rash, but he's not gone in to harm anyone. That was blown out of proportion. You had guys writing articles left, right, and centre, you know, and it was just embarrassing. Now, he goes, goes up against Rangers in the League Cup semi-final, dominates, great performance, makes one mistake, which Macy, if he'd come for, There was a miscommunication, but other than that, it was fantastic that day. He has a wee bit of fun, you know, do we look happy? Of course, that was going to come back and bite hits, but you've got the Daily Record posting an article that was, um, Ryan purchased Rangers Flashpoints and went through each and every one of them, you know, and I was like, right, that's weird. You then had the same guy who wrote that article on a podcast, talk about how Ryan Pochis is a hatchet man, is this, is that. And I'm looking at him going, well, first of all, you've achieved to call us spoon burners when you sound like that, because anyway, and it's just, it's a young guy who is a very good footballer getting so much abuse that it's, it's not true. had yeah, just Boyd, who runs a mental health charity, come out and slate him again. And you're like, what's... What is wrong with like if you if you think he's crap, then say he's crap. But don't sit there and try and psychoanalyze him when you probably didn't get any standard grades. <laughs> I, I mean,
1: yeah, I, there, there is, and it is becoming pretty farcical that this agenda that, that that's being forming uh, with, with Ryan, um, because there's a. There, <laughs> Yeah, because it, 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 it's the it's yeah. I, I don't I don't know why what he's picked he's picked up. I mean I, I can't I can't tell you but what maybe one or two red cards. I mean it's not exactly like he's, he's three, one, three, the, three red cards.
0: Yeah, three red cards three
1: yeah, in his two in the league. One, yeah, yeah, and um, you know, but I mean, not that I'm not that I want, I want to compare here, but I just I find it in, in, incredible that there's. There's other players out there that, that I consider to be very over the top, um, but you don't hear anything about them in, in, in the media. But for some reason, it's because it's a young lad that's, that's given a little bit back when it comes in the media. You know, do I look happy and all these things that suddenly they, 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 they don't, they, they, the media don't like it? And that's what it kind of seems. Um, I mean, for example, I mean, the boy the boy Butcher set in midfield for Dundee United. Some of the tackles I've seen him put in are absolutely mental, and I like incredible. Yeah. And I think I mean that goes back to, and that goes back to I think when Hibbs was in the Championship at Dundee United, I remember him being, he was a book in every game, and and at least. And then I have seen the tackle he put in on at the weekend on Turnbull, that was absolutely horrific.
0: If but, that's purchased, then he's two weeks in Stockton for that.
1: I mean, and that, that's what, yeah, and, and like, I like, th- I think that's probably what the point we're making here, it's the kind of it's the kind of hypocrisy, but the fact of the matter is, before that issue with, with, with uh, um, I think, with, with Rangers, you know, the stats are coming out that barely any yellow cards for for Ryan and all this thing, so it's just a, you know, it's a total agenda, and I, I hope it stops, or it's what we said at the time, Calum, when that whole Rangers thing happened the first time. Um, he probably needs to move down south for the best for the best of his career. Just get away from 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 Scottish football. And to be honest, I would not blame him for doing that. And I, and actually, in a way, I kind of hope he does it. And I hope it goes down there and he flourishes and and uh, and he becomes a a Scotland future centre half. And he can yep. just kind of rub rub all those people's faces or whatever in it because I, I think he de- he deserves that for for what he's going through right now because he was he's he's performing really really well right now the the odd the odd mistake but he's a what a twenty one twenty two year old laddie I mean give him a break um okay um where are we uh way of the weekend again I mean phenomenal goal that Hibbs scored uh you know great ball from Campbell great finish from Kevin Nisbet um
0: but again a disappointing, a disappointing result. Should should have could have won it in the end but then could have been like a goal or two down um before Hib scored. The draw probably was a fair result, but it's just not good enough. You know, Hibs go 1-0 up and, you know, you think, well, we've got away with Motherwell missing their chances. Let's kick on. No, um, don't want to do that. And just, uh, it was poor. You know, Campbell should score. I don't know. It's, it's, un- it's one of those that literally, I a draw is probably a fair result, but you're absolutely raging with how it's come about and that and just... Because Hibbs is playing brilliant, it's amplified even more. So, I don't know, we'll going to the the game tomorrow against Livingston, well, Hibs have three games before the cup final a week on Sunday. You've got Livingston away tomorrow, uh, some men away on Saturday, and you've got Dundee at home a week today. I mean, if that's nine points, which it really should be, let's be honest, That's nine points. Hibs go bouncing into this cup final with some great form. You know, Kevin this gets a couple. Martin Boyle gets a couple. All of a sudden, you know, you're a wee bit more optimistic going into this game. Uh, We'll we'll see, but it has to be three wins from three for me.
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody can argue that. You look at the size of clubs, you look at the players, you look at budgets, you put all those things together. You know, if you were to put them down on the table, you know, you've got to see this as, as three wins from three, but does will that happen? Oh God, no, no, it definitely I'm will not sure. I'm not sure. That's, that, sure. That, that's
0: that three big games,
1: yeah. Three huge games. Okay, right, more to more to follow on that. Uh, another another oh, a lot of tangents there, but uh, oh, I don't mind mate. it. I don't mind it. Right on to um, on to City then, and disappointing. I think you know the Friday night games have been have been kind to to Edinburgh City. Um, this season but uh, came unstuck against against Annen I think <laughs> like, probably to be honest probably jinxed it last week saying I think that City actually had a decent record against Anand, uh up at, up at Ainsley Park but uh, kind of jinxed that there and it's uh, I mean I don't want to say it's you know all doom and gloom again because it's only it's only one result but after that nice little run that Embrace City were on and I think we spoke about Annan being on a bit of a sticky run yeah. um, disappointing one
0: it's it's just it's just mental when you look at it and you go at the start of the season, City away from home, awful at home so strong. And we get here now last two league games at home, City haven't scored a goal. Uh they've lost five. So I mean, and then the last couple of away games in the league, City have won them uh with I wouldn't say without a problem, but um they've won them quite comfortably. So you, you look at that and just that reversal. Look, it's disappointing that the result against Aaron on Friday was a defeat. But I think that is going to be the nature of City's season this year, really. The the up and downs, it's yeah, it's just gonna be one of those seasons that which makes the prediction league a lot of fun. But I just think yeah, we'll we'll be seeing a lot of that from City, the unpredictability, etc. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think I think so. I think
0: we've probably become
1: again spoiled in in, in the last couple of years following Embrace City because they have had actually really nice, good, it's a really good consistency um, on the main. Of course, there has been spells in there, but uh, I think this is going to be a season where it's just going to be kind of. Topsy turvy the whole way there from from now to end of the season. But to be honest, that seems to be out with Kelty. Kind of theme of the league, to be quite honest with you. I think, yeah. you know, there's no team out with Kelty that are really putting together long, unbeaten runs. I know Steny went on on a good run, but it took a bit of a hiding last weekend. So it's just that, yeah, a team might go and put a little, a little run together of like three or four, but oh. You know, everyone's yeah. beating everyone. You know, you know, Edinburgh City for, the, for the, a stickier season that they've had, you know, they're, they're two points off third. You know, it's just like, it's yeah.
0: just. It's because, it's I mean, you looked well, at look the lead to a table of, about four weeks ago, and uh, Stirling Albion are what, two points off Kelby. And then all of a sudden goes till now, and Stirling are sitting on the same points as Edinburgh City, you know, sort of battling it out for fourth for place. And. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a topsy turvy season in League Two. It's it's massive disappointment, really, for City to lose against that. Just just, uh, you know, I after the last home game where it was, you know, the 4 0 thumping from Albion Rovers, you just, you'd hoped that there would be a little bit of a bounce back and with the way that City had been playing away from home. But yeah, um, disappointing. Yeah, I mean, it is. Uh,
1: it, it has been. I mean, I, I don't think any, you know, and I know that I've I've tried to, to stay positive about things at times. And it has been disappointing. There have been disappointing results in there. There's no doubt about that. Um, But, you know, Kelly coming in with the money that Ketley have got, they were always going to be right up, the, right up there at the top of, of the season. Is playoffs a success? Yes. And are yeah. M- Ember City well in the hunt for playoffs? Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. So on that, you, you've kind of got to just hope that they can just keep Picking up wins, keep themselves in there, and I keep saying it every week: just, just get into the playoffs, no matter how you do it. Just get yourself in there. It's going to be tough, but it's going to be tough because I look at you know we spoke about it after fifteen games to be on the same points as Stone Albion, the way the city started, I'd never have guessed that. I'd never have guessed that. You know, with, with the players, and we, we tipped them. And to be honest, we also tipped Steny to do really well as well. I think maybe I did more than anything else, but you know they're actually, you know they're still playing catch up here and. I think the only real kind of shock for me was maybe Annan being where they are, but again, there's you know there's still, oh, still twenty what twenty games you know sort of to go in the season, so we're, no, we're not even halfway through there. So, they've just got to stay in this, stay where they are, and just keep in and around there within a result of, of the playoffs and and that success. I think I, I, know, I know it's ridiculous, but there was a time that we were genuinely worried here, and I think that's you know we were genuinely worried about. What is city season actually? What's it actually going to ha- going to happen here? And if I'm honest, I was even thinking about relegation in terms of re- certainly not maybe not relegation, but being in a relegation battle. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think anybody could say otherwise for, for, at times here. But they have put, you know, they've put. I'm looking at this now, you know, they've put a big distance between between those at, at the bottom at this moment in time. So you've got to think now that it is, it is a case of looking up and looking forward rather than, than looking behind them now and hopefully that might kind of inspire inspire the team to to, 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 to keep pushing on um, because i don't think they have that oh no kind of you know what i mean hanging over them this oh no uh over them so you've just got to hope that they, they, they can keep uh, keep battling but a tough game this weekend because we spoke about that you know staying on a stay anywhere on a, on a on a run um i think city Uh, on the season Camino beat Steny at home but I think Steny missed a penalty in that that game and so it was a a tough game for them
0: I think it was pretty much the I don't know if it was the first but it was definitely one of the first games that uh, Brian Schwacky played and I think this was the game where he sort of announced himself as one of the best goalkeepers that's ever played the game uh, I think (laughs) Um, because I think this was definitely the one where we sat up and took notice so maybe he was having good games before that and we were just ignorant but uh, look it's it's a big game on on Saturday it would be brilliant to get three points I think that um, View has many fond memories for, for Edinburgh City fans so I mean it's always it would always be nice to have a trip through there if I'm honest you know you just, um, sit and reminisce about a certain day in 2016 but I think that it's going to be a tough game. Stenny are up and down, but Stenny up and down. So who really yeah. knows? Well,
1: that's so what I'm saying. I just, just while you were talking there, Cam, I've quite looked at Stenny's kind of history in terms of it. So uh, past Was results, that? should I say, not history, not be looking, delving into the history of the club. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just their, their, their form, that's that's the right word to use. Um, so they kind of went six games unbeaten, with I think, maybe four wins in there and two draws, something along those lines. Uh, but then now there are no wins in three, so it's amazing how that quickly changes. Uh, losing to Kelty, losing to I think, uh, lost to Kelty, um, lost to Airdrain, the Scottish that was it, sorry, and then lost to, to Strunar last weekend 4 1. So, you know, they it's just amazing how it changes so quickly, is what we're saying. This is going to be the nature of League Two this year, uh, players that we know. Quite well, of of course, Adam Corbett and you know Declan Hughes. It was, it was it, Tom, Tom Orr Moore. Eh, I think Lions. There's been a number of players there that have been former former uh, League players. So, and they were they were all they were all good Low League players. So you, you you've got to think that they'll be that they, they'll, they'll obviously be a, a challenge for City this this weekend. Um, tough game, but winnable. I mean that that's you've got to see that they've got a chance to go through and pick up three points. So
0: okay. tough okay. or that's- winnable. Yeah, we has been good recently. Um I think I think I might I think I might back setting on the old predictor. We'll yeah. see. Okay. Right.
1: On to uh onto the to the lone league then. And we'll, we'll, we'll start with the with a team that, that that picked up three points. Um civil service. Mm-hmm. Um and actually something I, I probably didn't actually um I didn't raise the point last week. And again I um I was angry at myself when I came there, because it's often, it's often a point we do raise, Callum, around the Scottish Cup and how sometimes you, the game before and the game after eh, a Scottish Cup game, when you've got a, a big tie, so to speak, they're always dangerous, dangerous games, because you've got that that one to look forward to, that you really kind of, you, you know, is just next week, and that can sometimes take your eye off the ball. And then the game after is quite often one again, when you've kind of got the come down or the hangover, so to speak. So, I'm um, actually, something I didn't think about last week, but that for me makes that three points even more, even more, um, you know, a- encouraging or even more, um, impressive.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, you've mentioned that. Um, it's something that you don't really take into account, but obviously, um, the team builds up this game so much, so much. Um, can players can see their names on the back pages, etc, So, yeah, I, it's. Almost automatic to the game after when you're playing a team not as salubrious, perhaps that you might take your eye off the ball, lose that. But uh, well, I think Leroy McAvora basically wrote that script script up in the first what 80 seconds with an absolute thunderbolt of a strike. So um, good to see him back amongst the goals, and yeah, I think Civil bounce back best possible way. Yeah, I mean
1: you've hit the nail on the head there. If that goes nil nil for the first half and at halftime it's nil nil and and it's kind of that kind of game, you just don't know what happens. But you know, again, when you're coming off that come down of a Scottish Cup game to get a start like that, it just sets the tone. And um, you know, fair play to you know Macavola because it's a player that we've seen you know briefly at Spartans and there was flashes of 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 real talent there, but we just didn't see enough. And I think he had a further loan spell again and. I don't think that quite happened for him, but I think actually just maybe now signing for, for, for a club, you know, signing for not not being on loan, it's kind of a fresh start, an opportunity here to, let's be honest, I mean, I'd imagine Gary probably came here and said, look, come here and, and show everyone what, what you can do, and if you do that, then then you're putting yourself back in the shop window. I think. I mean, that's probably honest, you know, and I think that's honest, you know, a player coming in from, from where he came from, um, even when you're dropping down to the loan league, it's, it's, it's a... Go out there and impress, and put your put your name, uh, get your name back out there and notice again. The and there is no doubt he's got he's got quality in there, but it's just that consistency, isn't it? And it's and hopefully that'll give him the confidence to, 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 to kick on because it was an absolute
0: screamer. And I mean, it's it's almost tough to get into the starting lineup with Strollers at this moment mm. in time. Boys, Robbie Cole, Gio Baldi, um Akavora, you've got Jack Seesbaldy, you've got so many talented forward players or strikers that it's going to be tough, obviously. uh, Kosikov as well, Faye. Like, that's... No wonder it's tough to get into the squad, but I think that he certainly showed the quality that he's got, and like you say, a little bit of consistency, and, you know, it can take take strollers as far as they can go. I think you look at a great word, consistency, and you can only think of one player, big of loo, because consistency he's shown this season was unbelievable.
1: Hmm. Yeah, uh, and again, you know, they, they go 2-0 up and then, uh, you know, Broomhill get one back uh, with, with you know, not, not too long left. So again, and that's what I like, it, you know, a young team, again, Cyril, um, when they concede that goal, other, te- other, teams, other teams would fold. You know, they would and they'd go like, you know, the, the panic would happen and they'd end up seeing a late goal and what was a 2-0 win, comfy, someone turns into a 2-2 draw and it's two points dropped. Um, you've seen it happen so many times. So fair play for them again for, for not just seeing that out in terms of just getting over the line at 2-1, but to, to extend the lead again. I think that shows good character as well to, to extend that lead. 3-1 win and it's, you know, three goals, three points, you know, hashtag next, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, Do you know what I mean? Um, it's one of them, but, you know, I'm trying to see there, it's how many times have you seen it? You know, you, you concede with 15 or 10, 15 minutes to go and then you end up conceding again. And well, as Hibs fans, we know that probably almost happens every, every other week, it feels like, to be quite honest. Uh, but OK, uh, for civil this weekend, it's uh, a trip to Cumbernauld. And again, a team that that have done have done well in the lone league. I mean, let, let, let's be honest. I mean, historically, they've kind of been that mid-table. They've you know, picked up some really fine results in their time in the low league. Because they've been in here a while now, because um, their first season I think was, uh, was the was a year that uh, was fifteen sixteen I think. If going sort the top of my head. So they've been in this low league for a wee while, and they've got some good good players. You know, um, Winter and and uh, a couple of others that they brought in from East Colbride, um and. This will be a tough game, I think, for for Civil going through there. But I think Sybil picked up a great three points there last season. I know you know changes every it changes every year, so you can't speak about you know season season and season because teams change all the time. But
0: good memories there. But this will be a tough game. Well, historically, yes, it'll be a tough game. But um, Cumbernauld are sitting third bottom at this moment in time. Yeah, surprises
1: me that. It surprises me that.
0: You know they're. Like they're sitting third bottom, they're not in any danger of going down, I think I think they're on 16 points out of, so 15 clear of and um, was was it eight, 7 or 8 clear of um, Greta, so I, I think they're not going to go down, but it's been a chasing season for them, because like you said normally a wee mid-table team, they have had some great victories, you know they beat Kelty um, first team they beat Kelty after they spent the money and were on that great run, so I think that they do have that in them, but I'd expect they want to go through there and pick up the three points.
1: Well, I think, I mean,
0: you know, you you look
1: at here, Callum, 50 goals that, uh, that Cumberland have conceded, which, you know, is only, is only uh, beaten by, in in the negative fashion, by Uni, Gretna, and Vale. So, that, 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 that in itself tells you, tells you the kind of season they're having, you know, that they're, and then again, you know, thirty-three goals. You know, it's not, it's not uh, when you're comparing to other teams around there. It's, you know, it's in the kind of the bottom end of goals scored, and it's right up there in the bottom end of of, of goals conceded. So they're, they're they're not scoring loads, and they're and they're conceding more than than, than they should. So that, that there's no surprise there that they are third bottom at, at this moment in time. But which does surprise me. But as you rightly as, as you said. Well, they're third bottom, so civil should uh, should be the favourites for, for or are the favourites for for this game, you know. But I think it's still be t- I think it's also a bit tricky through there um, for me. I, I can't see a, a high scoring victory either way for either side, you know. Here, I think it's gonna I think it'll be tight.
0: I think it'll be tight. Stop oh, oh, looking for victories for either side and just keep looking for.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, much. I know. But if if a team's gonna win it, I think it will be by maybe the odd goal. Yeah, here. That's Win it.
0: We'll all, right. By a all right, announcer.
1: Okay, yeah. okay.
0: <laughs> um, the, an Edinburgh podcast view of we want all our teams to win. Of course, except of course. when they're in each other, then we just want high-scoring draws filled with entertainment.
1: <laughs> um, okay, on to, on to Spartans then, and well, it was high-scoring. Then uh, maybe, maybe entertaining. But it's not, uh, it wasn't the one that we were, we were hoping for. I mean, Calum, we've kind of said it, I've said this a couple of times, set the tone. Um, I've said this kind of phrase a few times on, on the podcast tonight about, about different teams and about different games. Um, and everything that we said last week, I think any Spartans player would, or anybody tried with to be Spartans would have, would have agreed with us about making this battle, making it difficult, making the game tight, making it ugly. Away from home against a team that want to play expansive football, that want to get the ball down, want to play with energy, pace. The last thing you do is you can as you can see the goal in the first minute, and I think it was an own goal as well. Um, that just sets the tone, and from that moment, you just knew Spartans were were right up against it.
0: <laughs> I mean, honestly, this is is a weird it's a weird thing because I mean, like you want you want to approach this and. It's, it's hard to be as honest as you want because, you know, that's an embarrassing result for Spartans. That's Spartans in third going up against second. And, you know, if, if it was East Kilbride that were in second and they lost 7-1, you know, what would we be saying? Um, and I know that Rangers have got, you know, really good players and they play a really good style of football. But, you know, you're not telling me that Rangers' um, B team are light years ahead of Celtic's B team whose Spartans have taken six points off this season. Like, you're not telling me that the Spartans <clears throat> can go up against Celtic, take six points, and then go up against Rangers and get beat 7-1. I think, looking at it, um, compare it to our two Edinburgh sides. Civil went through there and won 3-1. Um, Uni haven't gone through there yet, but they lost 3-0 at home. 3-0. Yeah. Um, the only sides that have had poorer results against Rangers so far this season, are the two that are propping up the league. Gretna and Vale, who lost 9-1 and 9-0 respectively. The, it's, it's, a, it's it's a disgraceful result, really. You know, I, I think that we're sitting here last week thinking that statement performance from Spartans, they can go second, or at least if they're going to lose two one something like that, it's going to be tight. They're going to be in this game. No, they're not. It's so so far from the mark. It's it's not true, and um, it's it's one of those ones that you look at and it's it's interesting actually. And it'll be it'll be a good wee sort of barometer of where Spartans are compared to the teams around them because they're up against Albion this weekend they'll be beat rangers two weeks ago two 0 and rangers play East bride this weekend so East brides mm-hmm. we run together i think they're sitting sixth or something on the table and you know East brides spartans, i would say similar level so we've got to see what that scoreline is and you've got to sort of compare and contrast and Look, you compare and contrast. It's it's definitely not good reading for for Spartans, and it's it's tough because phew, I don't think anyone saw saw this result. You know, we the no, two I mean, of us, it was a draw.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I did. I, I thought I thought no, this this would be the, the time that you know Spartans would would go there and um, and pick something up. But it's yeah, I mean, it is disappointing, and you're right. If 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 another team. Um, in the league you know ship seven against against Rangers to, you, you're going to stand up and take the list do you know what I mean and just because and unfortunately it's happened to, to one of our teams so it's only right that we comment on it and I, you know it is it's, it's, a, it's a really really tough one it is a real tough one and don't get me wrong I've been there in, in games where you've, you're playing against a rival team and you, you you take a sore one and you do you hurt and I, and I'm 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 hoping that, that, that those in the in this dressing room are hurting from that because I think it's needed and I think it, 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 it is it is important that you hurt and you go this this is where you draw the like the line in the sand and you say we never feel like this again and I think you know because I've been there and, and I can tell there's countless times I remember one time at Edinburgh City in the East of Scotland League um, we we went up to Whitehill and we took. And it was it was five 0 It was a terrible night for weather, absolutely drenched. But we got absolutely uh, pummeled that night. And to be honest, that five was I was happy with five. You know, one of them. Uh, and you came back in the changing room, and it was, you know, you could hear you could hear a, a pin drop. It was everyone was hurt in there, and you have sometimes have to to take them. Um, and you just got to take up the chin, and you just got to say this. This does not happen again. I know the guys will be training tonight, um, and I'm sure they'll probably have a conversation about that, saying that our standards need to need to be better than that, and that this does a performance and a nature. I don't. I mean, obviously not seen it back, but the nature of that game, uh, the result that does not happen again for us going forward, and hopefully there can be a positive taken from this that Spartans kind of. You know what I mean? You get that. You get that reaction now. The Spartans, you know, accept this, take that on, and um, and make a statement now. And it's a tough game. Dalbiti, after their fantastic start to the season, um, have started to slip down. Um, I think they're now about ninth in the league, but they've picked up some great runs <laughs> recently. You know, the, the win against Rangers, as you mentioned, but picked up a couple of a, a few defeats in the last few weeks as well. Um, so. Spartans have to be taking three points here. Um yeah. and, and I think it needs to be a it needs to be a good a good performance and a, and a good three, three points and uh, and and, and then move on. Okay, Edinburgh Edinburgh Uni. Um which wanna we'll start with there, Carl? Edinburgh uni.
0: Um well it was a 3 0 to Celtic at the weekend and well well look at that, you know. I, Uni go through as massive underdogs and get beat three 0 It's it's telling. I mean, I honestly, I'm, I'm I'm just I'm still
1: sort of reeling through
0: that Spartan result. But I mean, <laughs> we we didn't think that Uni would go through there and would get something. But it's it's games against Celtic. The Uni aren't going to get their points. They're in a fantastic position so far this season. They've put in clearly a performance that is. Um, kept Celtic at bay, they've been disciplined, they've kept themselves organised which is what can be said for some, I think that looking at it, look that's it's it's not a great result because they've lost 3-0 but um, I think there will be things that Dorian can pick out and go, well that worked well
1: Yeah, I mean if I was to say to you you know, calm 20 games in and you'll be 15th in the league, you'd be you'd be absolutely delighted, wouldn't you so I think again it's just it's, it's the nature of what we said at the start Callum. It's it's, and I said it in the very first game very first game i seen seen uh, Edinburgh Uni you know, way back in July I was looking back at it um, I thought they had goals in them and I know I've said it a lot and I thought it'd be a different Embraer Uni you know, this season I thought they'll add more goals something they've really struggled to do they've managed to do that and uh, they're, they're sitting nicely um, nicely in the league you know 19 points from 20 games 15th you know the 12 points between them and, and Gretna who they faced this Saturday um picked up a fantastic win against them um, uh a couple of months ago it was um his what name now? escapes me his name escapes me now the the previous manager um
0: oh what Roman Alexander
1: that's the one I knew it was Roman I couldn't think of the surname his last game of course um so embry you need that was his his last game that was that was his last game there so Again, I'm getting tired now. Man. I'm struggling to put sentences together here. Um, so hopefully a similar type result this weekend would be absolutely ideal, wouldn't it?
0: Oh, it'd be fantastic. But first and foremost, it's it's very important that the uni get a result here. It's three points that uh, the uni are, uh, are needing right now. It's, and it's not for normally, you know, the last few years on the podcast we've been like, they need three points to get themselves out of a situation, you know, take three points and, you know, going above, you know, pushing Broomhill, um, having a look up that table and looking at your gallas, etc, and thinking, why not? Um, I think that this is definitely a game where they'll go in as favourites, but I don't think that'll phase them, and I, th- I think that they could take two or three off, off-game. I know that they've improved slightly, but I still think that uh, Edinburgh Uni are the better team and I'd be disappointed if there wasn't uh, a few goals this weekend. Perhaps, actually,
1: again, what we're saying there uh, about Edinburgh City, I know a different, different situation, but perhaps for the first time in a long time, Edinburgh Uni can just go and relax a little bit because they know you mm-hmm. know, it's not that oh, every week, oh, how they all got on? <laughs> you know, Because that's what kind of, kind of has uh, been the last few years. For the first time, they've actually got points in the bag early so that maybe they can actually have a bit more freedom about it. And you know what? If we get beat, it's all right. We've got we've got kind of money in the bank, so so to speak, and, and they can kind of play with a bit more freedom. So get there this weekend the result that you you think uni pick up three points, here?
0: Yeah? I think few. Um few goals, three points, not a problem. I think uh, I think that yeah, I think it should be comfortable. And I, it's it's odd going in with such confidence to these sort of games, but in the uni of proven that they're they're better. This season, so they, they thoroughly deserve this confidence, and I think yeah, they'll, they'll come away with a very good result. Okay, okay, right, Cal, prediction league. Where are we? Well, we're up to date with the scores, which is you know I I think it took me it took me about two two and a half hours on Sunday afternoon because I'd not done it in about eight weeks, so there was a lot to put together some people had some really great weeks and I feel bad that they didn't get the the sort of recognition that they deserved um, back then. You know, we had a couple of, we always like to mention our double-digit scorers. Uh, Graham Kay had a double-digit score way back, I think it was week 12, it got mm-hmm. 10 points. Uh, and Susan got 10 points just there. Uh, there were some right, good, correct scores that I went, how have they got that? Um, you know, <laughs> No, no, no one quite going, but um, I'm sure, I'm sure John Fogel had a couple that I was a bit like, oh, that's just I There was a the few score lines which I was like very impressed with with how people had done, but um, it did take me far too long to to set up more spreadsheets and get it all together. But it does mean that we should have a. Table at some point later this week. I tell you right now, though, there's not a cat's a chance in hell that I am sitting top. I, I mean, oh my days! I think firmly put back in your box. Oh, <laughs> firmly, but I don't <laughs> top three, mate. I think I could have tumbled well out of <sighs> not not just the promotion, but I think I'm I'm struggling mid-table now. I would say nah, I, back, I, in, I was, back into the back oh, into God. the hunt. <laughs> I hope it's in there, mate.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Okay then, this week, this weekend, Callum. Oh, sorry, mate.
0: Um, what are you saying? I was just saying, let's crack on then. This, are we week, this weekend. So, start as it will appear on the graphic. It's uh, still be Hearts v Rangers. It's
1: a tough one, this for me. You know, two teams in in a good place. You know, both teams probably couldn't have asked for a better position in the league. Rangers being top parts third. Hearts at home, they'll make it hard. I'm going to go for one-one.
0: one two-one one, one. Two, one, Hearts Rangers or Gash. Uh, Saint mirren v Hibs. Same scoreline, one-one. One-one. I am going to go three-one Hibs. Steny v City.
1: Tough on this again. I think it'll be a tight game. I can't see any team, you know, notching up a a comfortable win, so to speak.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go for the hat-trick here, Carl. 1-1. <laughs> each. <laughs> well, ah, maybe, aye, maybe. <laughs> um, I'm going to go City 3-2. Let's go for a wee bit of drama. Uh, What's it called, V-Civil? Come on, old V-Civil. <laughs> 2-1 uh, Civil here for me. 2 so I think... civil. There we go. Uh, Edinburgh Uni versus Greatmur 2008. I'm going to go for 3-2 Edinburgh Uni here. Oh, interesting. I am going to go for 3-zip Edinburgh Uni here. And we will finish with Spartans versus Dalby Star. I'm going to go for 1-0 Spartans here. I am going to go for double that, 2-0. I think that... Um, it'll be a professional performance from Spartans if it's a defeat then oh, honestly no on the podcast next week <laughs> you're warned I can't see it though mm-hmm. okay
1: well I think that's everything uh, this will be a bit a bit longer than normal but there we are thank you for listening I was joined by Callum and that was the Embra Football Podcast